and hello folks well it's a beautiful saturday morning here in california i'm feeling great just uh just came from a nice little run and really excited to be talking fantasy and nfl and maybe a little nba too with my good friend alex gertz alex what's up my man hey hello man how are you I'm well, dude. I'm well. I am uh, particularly in a cheerful mood. I, I love I love doing pods. It's Saturday morning here, so 11.30. This is probably my favorite pod time. It's just the weekend's just starting. It's full of possibilities, and I'm just, I'm, I can't think of a better way to kick it off than just talk and shop with you. How you doing? Yeah, the whole weekend's in front of us. I agree. It's uh, 1.30 over here, and had a nice little morning, just kind of took it easy, hung out with the dog a little bit, and now we're here, so... Um, I'm doing well. I'm hanging out with Mr. Dan later. We're going to do dinner, so that'll oh, be fun, too. Sounds great. Good to see him. But yeah, things are good over here. I agree with you. This is The mind is fresh. Yes. You, know, you haven't been worn down by work. You had time to decompress, have a slow morning, and now we're ready. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. So where are you and Dan going to dinner tonight? This is a favorite spot, new spot? Uh, this is, so a couple of his buddies from high school, and then... Uh, it's basically his high school crew, and then I'm coming too, and we're going to a pizza place. Um, it's actually right by where I live. It's a good spot. It's more thin crust than than deep dish, so it'll be good to hang out. Yeah, That's you're not those guys. You're not a big deep dish guy, right? If I remember correctly. No, yeah. I I mean, the novelty of it was fun when you first move here, and then it, it quickly wears off, and it's it's. I just don't. I don't even eat it anymore. Yeah. If someone visits, I we will go, and they'll get it. I just I don't eat it though. That makes sense. Well, uh, it's great to hear from you, man. I'm sure uh, I know you've, you. Were, we're talking off pod here. I know you have some exciting Christmas Day plans here coming up. Maybe a little international travel. Yeah, yeah. So I I will be at home in Dayton, Ohio for for Christmas, like the actual day. So really, like the 22nd ish through the 27th ish. But then Maeve's family just completed this weekend a move to London. Her dad's been there since August. Her mom wrapped up the house and sold it and all that good stuff. And she's heading over there this uh, this Monday. So uh, Maeve is going to be in London from like the 18th of December all the way through the new year. And I'm going to go out there and join her uh, the week between Christmas and New Year's and maybe a little after. Just um, I'm able to work remote still, so I'm not tied to the desk. And yep. uh, we're really excited about that. I've been to London once by myself, so this will be the second time I'm going. Um, it'll be a nice little holiday. I'm very excited. That's great, man. I mean, I got to say, with if you know, you're right in the Boxing Day like extravaganza uh-huh. there. You know, I know I don't know if you can make it swing it this year, but that's definitely something on the horizon for you. Yeah, that would be an atmosphere I I would just absolutely love to take. And even if we just go to a pub and, and experience yes. what that's like for everyone, that would be fun. And her father and her brothers are huge. Her father's English, so he's a he's a crazy soccer fan. He's a Liverpool guy, unfortunately. Oh, interesting. And her okay. brothers and her brothers love soccer too. So it'd be fun to watch with oh, them. That's great, um, man. So that'd be that'd be great. So yeah, I'm I'm very excited. Well, good stuff, man. It's good to hear. Uh, it's good to hear everything's going well with you. I uh, also for the Dayton folks, quick plug before we move on to the football stuff. I will also be in Dayton from the 15th to the 26th. So if anyone's in Dayton, uh, let us know. But Otherwise, man, I, I'm i glad to hear you're doing well. We've got a really full pod. I know we were talking off pod, too. I don't think I've ever come in to a pod just so pregnant with opinions. I feel like they're just <laughs> bursting out of me right now. There's been a, 
I feel like our league was in a bit of a lull. We were in like a feeling each other out period. And now I think the storylines and the narratives are really starting to take hold. Um, and I'm really just thrilled to, to really talk NFL, talk fantasy. And I don't think we can, I don't think if, if I'm, but before we get into all that, uh, I know for the folks who might not be thrilled with this, but I know there's a few NBA fans out there. want to do a quick, quick little Reader's Digest version of the NBA, namely <laughs> starting on Giannis, who you gave me his book. I'll let you do the, the, the work on this. You've been following Giannis. You've been a bigger, you were early on the Giannis. You were buying stock early, I'd say, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I've i always really appreciated him as just a player. I think he's truly a freak. And um, I've always really enjoyed him as a player. And the media has always said he'll never be able to break through Milwaukee, which honestly was a pretty fair narrative just because of Milwaukee was who they were. But yeah. Um, his his championship run this past summer, I watched every single minute of every game he played, and his sheer will and determined attitude to for, to just will his team to victory it was it was beautiful. It and was. He dropped a fifty a fifty piece McNugget to to win the title, which um, and he hit ninety two percent of his free throws, which he was notoriously a horrible free throw shooter. So I absolutely loved following that, and then his book perfect for the author coincidentally came out like six weeks after they won the title i pre-ordered it i bought three copies so i gave one to you and one to bill because we are big nba fans um and it it makes you appreciate and view that guy in just a totally different light um his his story is he's truly one of one there will never be another Giannis, and his story just makes him makes him just an awesome person to root you can't root against him after you read that book it's impossible I agree, and I feel like, you know, I feel like you you sometimes get jaded on, like, rags-to-riches stories, I feel, just because I, yeah, maybe you hear about them so much, but the Giannis tale in particular was just, it's astounding, man. I mean, what, like, you can't overstate, I mean, this is a guy who was the second oldest, his family were Nigerian immigrants, I mean, literally just street peddlers, essentially. And that was yes. like their, I mean, and Giannis was expected, it sounds like, what, 12, 14-hour days, he's just out peddling whatever he can get his hands on. I mean, just that lifestyle even, it's just remarkable that out of his upbringing, he becomes one of the greatest basketball players in the world. It's it's really, in his attitude too, and he's still full of optimism, I feel like you could come from that and kind of be very hardened and cynical, and he has such just an exuberant, optimistic spirit it's just it's it's really inspiring yeah. honestly yeah and yeah I, I agree the rags to riches is very hollywood and Giannis just he he does not want that he does yes. not want that to be his story and and for people who just aren't as familiar with him he would walk like three miles with his brothers and he'd be the kid selling sunglasses and headphones yes. on the blankets you see like smiling with his Giannis has that big smile he always has like they would buy it for two euro or whatever and flip it for four. That's how their family ate or didn't eat, more importantly. Seriously. And every all the superstars, like the LeBron James, the Kevin Durant, the Kyrie's, like they've been playing AAU since they were nine, and they were at the Zion, Jason Tatum's. They were deemed to be the next guy. Giannis picked up a basketball when he was like 13. Didn't even, and, yeah. And, yeah, and, and he just came out of nowhere. And when Milwaukee got their first look at him in-house as they were evaluating him for the draft, 
their medical doctor said he had either the kidney or liver function of like a 55 year old alcoholic yeah. because he was so he was so malnourished that they've never seen it before in, in a prospect so it, just the mind-blowing things that come out of that book is fantastic and it'll make you want to get out of bed and run through a brick wall i mean it is it is incredibly motivating it is i mean and that motivating is such a good word because i uh I'm starting to run a little bit more, and now I literally, when I'm running, I think about Giannis, and I'm like, I, if, if Giannis can do what he did, I can certainly run this next mile and a half. It's not, you know, like, it's... Absolutely. It's, it's like, it is, I am, like, such a homer for him now, like, you know, if I was in interviews and someone asked me, like, who's someone you admire, Giannis would be the first name that comes to mind now. I mean, I am such a big fan yeah. of him, uh, and, like... So you you remove just him being a wonderful human being and excellent at his job, but it's also like bringing a title to Milwaukee in this like super team age is just so dope. I it's like man, it's so cool that he did it, you know. Yeah, and that's the Hollywood part of his story where he actually does do it, and it it just fits his brand beautifully. Like he's a small market guy. He he loves Milwaukee. Again, that came through in the book as well. Like they took a chance on this skinny, awkward kid from Greece that no one knew anything about. So, um, it, we're all sports fans here. If you enjoy a good story and, and wanna and wanna have a good, quick read, like the book's very easy to read. Yes, it's like 300, 300 pages, and it's just a it's storytelling. So it, it's very easy to read. It's it's engaging, and it, it you'll really enjoy the book. So yeah, I highly I, recommend. It's it's might be my uh, book of the year, but yeah. Great. I'm so thank you again for that gift. It was very thoughtful, and Leslie and I have talked about it a lot. So thank you for that. Um, on kind of what I guess you could almost posit is like Giannis's like evil, or at least like his doppelganger, or maybe not his evil doppelganger, but like the the 180 other side of the coin here, Ben Simmons. I mean, whew, boy, I gotta say before we kick it kick it to you. I consume Ben Simmons news like a 35-year-old midwife who's just like watching Desperate Housewives. I live for it. Every update, every every talking head, I'm just, I'm here for it. I'm so here for the drama. I'll let you fill in folks on what exactly is going on because it is, it's a wild ride. Yeah, yeah. Ben Simmons is the antithesis of Giannis. So antithesis. That's a good for, word. For, for the last five minutes, Ben Simmons is the opposite. He's the diva <laughs> who is... Uber, uber talented and hates he doesn't like playing basketball and he doesn't work hard to get better so um he he was regarded if you would have asked people in like january february as conservatively a top 30 top 25 player like he's a guy you could in theory build your team around yes because of his athletic profile and he was surrounded in rumors around james harden philly ultimately did not want to flip him for james harden and that started the the downward spiral you could say between him and the front office and it all boiled to a head when in game seven of the eastern <laughs> conference finals so you win this or sorry sorry the eastern conference semis if you win this you have a chance to play for, uh, in the final and the nba finals and he had a breakaway or essentially a layup and got to the rim he's 610 he's look he could kiss the rim and he passes the ball <laughs> it's bobbled and then blocked, and they essentially lose the game. And he, ever since then, has swore, like, Philly mistreated him. He'll never put a Sixers jersey on again, and he is trying to force his way out when he has um, four years and, like, $130 million left on his contract. So 
um, just just that's kind of the bullet points there of what the situation is. Yeah, and it, it, to, to reinforce, when he passed that ball, it, there was no one in it. The closest man to him was a six foot one, 165-pound guard. I mean, it's literally like, it'd be like almost, it wouldn't be that dissimilar from me standing in front of Ben Simmons trying to stop him from laying it up. I, and, and he passes the ball. I mean, it is, it, it's really been, and at this point now, like you said, Ben is pretty much trying every trick in the book now he's like you know faking injuries doc rivers the head coach of the sixers threw him out of practice because ben wasn't really making an effort and so now the league well, no he he openly he openly disobeyed the coach oh the that's coach a great says, point ben, get in there get in there we're doing defensive drills and ben looks at him and says no and doc for lack of a better term says get your ass in the drill ben simmons says no and doc says if you're not going to be here just leave doesn't say a word turns around and just leaves practice and this was after he said he was never coming back to philly he just showed up like it was tuesday morning time to go to work didn't tell anyone and then acts like that and now his latest stance is like i'm not mentally healthy ready to be back and playing basketball which mental health is very taboo but he can say that and still get paid in theory which is a hundred percent what is what he is doing and it's a soft, it's, it's charm and soft. I hate it so much. Yeah, and, and it's got to be called out to that he essentially reported to camp because he wasn't getting paid. So, like, you have to, it's, it's a super fascinating thing of, like, you think these guys make so much money, and they do, but if you're not, if you're not managing it correctly or you've gone out, like, if they miss a couple paychecks, things can get a little, I'm sure, get kind of tight, you know? It's like, I mean, I'm not that he's, like, poor, but you get my point. I could just totally see where it's like, man, I'm, I mean, we're talking, like, could you imagine getting a paycheck that reads, like, $200,000? I mean, and just not getting that for a month or two? You'd be like, well, this, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that doesn't feel good. I'd rather, like, make, you know, and to do, yeah, and like you said, I don't want to really touch into the mental health. It's... It's not really like a fun topic to discuss, but no. man, it is in the most interesting thing that, so the latest, so Dale Morey is the general manager and he has recently said that folks need to dig in. Like typically these sorts of issues get resolved in three to six months, sometimes shorter, honestly, maybe more like two to four. And, um, they kind of, you know, usually the player gets traded, but this particular GM is hard headed, does, will not trade Ben Simmons for pennies on the dollar and as a result like we might just be in this standstill for a year or two or you know it, it really yeah. is there really seems to be no end in sight on this situation you know yeah yeah I mean right now they're trading him for 50 cents on the dollar if they do and and like I said before everything happened and he had this playoff woes you ask 100 people is he a top 20 player everyone would say yes yes and that that's the type of player we're talking about here so to trade him for like future draft picks and like a, a six man who can shoot and play defense is, is not in the cards. So um, it'll be fun. Like I said, Alex said it best. This is like our TMZ, our readers digest. Like I, I consume all of this nonsense. Like it, it's, it's just like a sitcom almost to me. It's like my, it's like my selfish TV in a way. So, yeah, I, uh, but I know, I know, I know this group, like, I think we should wrap up the NBA talk. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Good call. Group. But uh, yeah, it's it's been fascinating. 
Yeah, we. I will certainly. You just. I will give you moment play by play moment reactions here. But yeah, you're right. We can transition to the good stuff. I will also outline in the pod when we stop talking about this. Right around 16 minutes here. So for anyone who wants to fast forward, you know, we got to get to the bread and butter. And and just is bursting with with life right now. The NFL. And it's not appropriate to start any fantasy talk without talking about the Bengals. Who, by the way, I'll, I will say it to you first. I was wrong about the Bengals. They look great. I I am absolutely stunned. I knew Burrow was good. I was never a Burrow hater. It was always at Zach Taylor. But I actually, and I'm still not sold on Zach Taylor as much, but I also think Burrow, I think Zach, Zach Taylor is better than I thought. And Burrow is just really special, man. He's just a guy that yeah. I'll let you do. I, I mean, you're much closer to it than I am. But even in my limited watching with him, the guy's a winner. And it's a guy that you just want to build a team around and, the Bengals are fun. They're a fun team this year. Yeah, they're a fun team. Yeah, I went and I went and um, listened to my podcast with Imhoff back in August, and he, we talked about the Bengals, and I talked about Jamar and his drops, and I talked about Burrow, and Burrow has always been honest and candid with how he feels about his body, and he's he's a hundred percent back. He said he's scrambling now. He's making plays he probably shouldn't, diving on third and twelve and getting clobbered, but. He is 100% back, and the Bengals are a fun, fun team to watch. And we're winning games we typically lose. Yes. I'll point to, like, the the Minnesota game, and I'll point to, like, the Jacksonville game. Jacksonville's Jacksonville, but we're down 14-0 at halftime. Should have been down 21-0, and they came back, and we're a different team in the second half. And uh, is that Zach Taylor? Is that Joe Burrow? I'm not really sure. I'm not smart enough of an NFL guy to know, but – um, they really, those two seem to like each other, and the Bengals all love each other. Their team chemistry, from all the mic'd up stuff and all the stuff I can read, they really enjoy playing football together. Um, and everyone in that locker room can see what Burrow means to the to the team. Um, my Instagram is basically a, a Bengals fan account. Now. I don't post <laughs> stories except for like Monday mornings. And you all probably saw and rolled your eyes, but he puts one finger up in the locker room. And the whole locker room goes quiet. It, he didn't have to shush. He didn't have to say, hey. He put his finger up and said, hey. And everyone stopped talking. It was it was really cool. He commands that room. Um, he's a leader of men. And I, I'm really excited to figure out. I, I'm going to say it. I think, I think we go to the playoffs this year. I love it. <laughs> I think we go, man. There's another wild card team this year. So there's another opportunity. Yep. And the Steel, we beat the Steelers. In Pittsburgh, we haven't done that since like 2014. Um, we'll see. T- tomorrow is a huge day. If we can, the Ravens look phenomenal. If we can go to Baltimore and hang with them, who knows if we win or not? But if it's like the Bengals could have won it in Baltimore as a seven-point dog, um, that'll tell that'll tell us something. We hung with the Packers. The Packers are a fantastic team. Great. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, I'm excited. I'm really excited. Yeah, and I, you know, all props to Burrow. Another player who has to get props, Jamar Chase. Wow. I mean, he looked really, really rough in the preseason. And now is like, you know, Bill has him as a keeper. He looks, I mean, he he looks like he could be a a guy that you take in the first two rounds next year. I mean, he looks amazing out there. Just physical, catches everything, makes a play, it seems like, every half. he, I mean, he's really turned it around in a just really positive he's, way. 
statistically, he's the best deep threat in the NFL right now. Like, he has a uh, 30 to 50-yard catch once a half. I mean, he's averaging like 27 yards a catch, and, and he's an elite separator. It's effortless for him. You want, it's like Devontae Adams. Like, when he moves off the line, he just creates space. And that's what he was not doing in the preseason. He wasn't catching. And, yeah, it has to be said, Bill probably – I think he might be the best keeper. We'll see how the rest of the year plays out, but it's it's in the conversation. I agree. I was, so, well, well done on Bill there. I was I wanted to do that as a segment, actually. I don't think we're going to have time, but as a future segment, I was thinking about, like, just going through that list of people and who would be the best. Um, and I think he's up there. I mean, he has been really exceptional. And I, the other thing, too, is – you know, you got to think not only is it does he look good this year, but then Burrow, you give Burrow another year, Burrow takes another step next year. I mean, it could be, he could be an excellent wide receiver. So yeah, I mean, the Bengals look great. Give me your read on the offensive line. I, again, I don't watch a ton of Bengals. I've heard Burrow still gets hit. I don't know. What's your, what's, what's yeah. your opinion of their protection on him so far? Um, We are... We are like the nineteenth or twentieth ranked offensive line, which I will take compared to okay. where we've been. Um, we're still he still gets hit. Um, he's taking hits he shouldn't, and he's recognized that. But we still give it up sixteen sacks. Um, I think that's like bottom bottom like six in the league. Okay. And um, but we are we are just kind of below average, which is better than hey you guys are the worst. In so, the dumpster. Yep. All we need all we need is an average line with how Burrow can create space and he can get the ball out quick. So I'm I'm fine with it. It's not as weak as it has been. Um and, and that's an improvement. Jonah Williams is grading pretty well. Riley so he's our left tackle and then Riley Reef has been our right tackle. Um he signed over from Minnesota. He's been good. And the kid out of Clemson we drafted in the second round started couple games he's been he's been okay so I'm, I'm hoping he can actually develop he hasn't been what you wanted but um it's been yeah it's been good and we're running the ball better Mixon's like fourth in the nfl and he missed he missed um basically a full game yeah kind of played so we're running the ball well and you know that opens up everything for the pass game so yeah, I mean, they are a great squad. It, you know, I think it, 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 what's very interesting is, you know, I feel like in this group you can't say Bengals without saying Steelers. And I got to say, I, Bill has a lot of financial weight on the Steelers winning this game. And I've been front and center to the Steelers world. I have Najee. I, I, can, I, I cannot believe Bill is, is taking all that money on uh, the Steelers. The Steelers just look... This season, in my mind, is I've heard some concerning things around, you know, they kind of just gave Ben, similar to like kind of what the Lakers did to Kobe, where it's like, we'll pay you this money, you're not worth this money, but you're, you are, like, what you've done for this organization is like, you, you'll get it, you know, it's almost like a, you know, a celebration tour or a reunion tour, and I just don't see a world where the steel the Steeler, I mean, they look terrible terrible at times i mean like unwatchable and i just don't see how the i would just not like to be on bill's side of this bet even with yeah. the steelers Bengals relationship as it is yeah yeah um bill and i got into like a texting argument too because if you watch the steelers and think this this offense can go win get to the playoffs and then win a playoff game you're just delusional I agree. You're, you're just absolutely delusional it's it is. It is. Big Ben cannot push the ball down the field. They cannot run the ball. Najee's like lines are like 
15 for 42 and he catches a thousand passes and he's fine but running the ball they can't they, can't, they still can't uh, move the point of attack at the line of scrimmage they can't ever win it um and their defense is elite they're probably the best defense at at, at minimum top three and it doesn't matter when you can barely beat Geno Smith on Sunday night football. Like you barely, it took overtime to beat Geno Smith. Yeah. I and mean, you barely beat Teddy Bridgewater. You lost 24 to 10 to the Bengals. Like I, I love my Bengals, but you guys notoriously beat on us. Now TJ Watt is back and getting healthy and he is, he is truly an X factor, but um, this offense is dog shit. It's like, it's check down city on fourth and nine. You, you throw it to Najee for three. And the whole NFL laughs at you. It, it just it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense how you watch that team. There's a lot of really alarming, like advanced metrics around Big Ben, and one of them, one of what advanced metric that I always pay attention to that Big Ben is near the bottom in is quarterbacks who throw into the deep middle of the field, and so it, because this is generally. It's like the highest risk, highest reward area. It's very complex. You have the linebackers, you have the safeties. It, it's it's an area where like defenses are oftentimes like kind of daring you to throw it, and you'll often see your elite quarterbacks throw into the deep middle, and your not elite quarterbacks don't because it's just really difficult. And defenses are it's a cat and mouse game of like we want you to throw there. And the quarterbacks that can throw there effectively, that's where you get your big chunk yardage. And that's why, you know, you watch Mahomes. How many times does he throw it to Kelsey for 20 yards in the middle of the field? I mean— uh, Roger, Rogers to Devontae Adams on, like, a deep post is another example. Yes. Like that, they, they just drop it in the bucket. Yep. Yeah. Like, and when you—that's, like, a good way to tell if a quarterback's legit or not is, like, how often they're able to make those throws. And Big Ben refuses to. Absolutely refuses <laughs> to throw it in the middle of the field. I mean, it's like—and, you know, so I— Leslie is like a avid Kirk Cousins hater and she's a Vikings fan. <laughs> My guy. <laughs> and she like fights me tooth and nail on like she's like I would have any quarterback in the NFL except for Kirk Cousins and I'm like babe you need to watch Big Ben. I mean this guy like it, it is brutal. It's brutal and it's like it's the same thing of like Peyton Manning his last year with the Broncos. Drew Brees last like last year with the Saints no. like these guys just they can't throw it. The difference is is you know Drew and Peyton at the line were you know truly elite. And Ben is good. He's like you know he but he's never been in that class of quarterback in my mind. You know he's always been very 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 good, but he's never been a Peyton or a Drew. I mean those guys are all timers. Ben's definitely the tier below them, and as a result, his final year is going to look worse than their final year and. This is what you get in my mind, you know. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and Ben is an absolute legend. He's a Hall of Famer, first ballot, unprecedented. And that is the that is making Bill blind to what's being put on the field this year in twenty twenty one. So I'll never sit here and say like I, I get why Bill's doing it. I get it. I really do. But it's um you gotta be a little self aware too when watching your team. So it's 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 pretty ugly and it is. We'll see how they we'll see how they fare. Um NFL's weird, man. They beat the Bills. The Bill they beat the Bills week one and the Bills look like the best team in the AFC. So um any given week, but I think they're gonna be the worst team most matchups. Yeah, I you know, it's interesting too. I mean, it, like, because in my mind, the, the AFC North, it's so interesting because you have the Ravens, who everyone had kind of written off for their injury woes. They look great. You have the Bengals, who look good. The Browns were able to eke one out Thursday night, but 
I mean, yeah. another, I mean, the Baker Mayfield, I don't know. I feel like you and I are kind of coalescing around the same opinion. Baker's another guy who I'm just, I'm just, I'm out on. I got to be honest. I, I think that. Oh my gosh, yeah. I, 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 at this point, like, he just holds on to the ball so long. It's like, dude, you need to play. Like, he wants to be the guy. It's like, Baker, you are Kirk Cousins plus. You need, you need to, like, <laughs> he doesn't want to be, but it's like, bro, like, you just have to. You have to, he just wants to be what he's not. And it's like, hey man, you know, it's okay to be a game manager. If he was a game yeah. manager, I think they'd be, you know, they could be in the, they'd be in the playoff hunt, maybe win a playoff game. But when he tries to be Mahomes back there, it just looks terrible, you know? Yeah. He wishes he was Kirk Cousins, dude. That's been my take all years. Give me, give me Captain Kirk. Give Amen. Me Captain Kirk over Baker every day, twice on Sunday. So yeah, Baker, the Browns have a lot of talent. Their skill positions are just, Odell is a shell of himself. Jarvis is banged up, and Kirk, I mean, they're they're just the injury bug is bad, and I do feel bad for that. You never like to see that from from a team, and I root for I never root for Baker to be hurt, and I think he's a gamer. Like him even trying to play with this torn labrum and everything he's got going on, um, the dude is a gamer. But yeah, he is. He's a wonderfully. He, you're in that awkward place where he can win games. He's like better than Andy Dalton, of course, but. Do you ever feel good in the fourth quarter, down seven, two minute drill, Baker Mayfield? No, you know he's not. He's not going to do it. You know he's not. That's how I feel. And I, but I think it's worse because obviously I'd want Baker over Andy. But again, like those, the thing about the Andy Dalton's, the Kirk Cousins of the world, even like Garoppolo, is like they know who they are. You know, like it's like Baker still hasn't like made his peace with who he is yet, and that makes him worse. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think that Good really, point. I really think that like at least with though it's there's there's peace that comes from knowing who you are, and Baker has not reached that peace yet, and and the Browns are going to suffer for it. Amen. That's just a life advice. That's not yeah. football. There you go. I mean, take that <laughs> on and apply it to your daily life. But um, yeah, so. It's interesting with that. It's it's going to be a while. I love the AFC North. I follow it probably just as closely as I follow like any other conference. And uh, it's going to be an interesting ride all the way through. I am just uh, excited for it. And, and I'm ex- I am like, I got to say, you braved a really tough Bengals year last year and your fantasy team. You did You handled it with grace. So I'm, I'm thrilled for you that you get to enjoy, you know, you're through them with the thick and thin and I'm I'm just happy for you hey, that they're doing the so. The last the last three years, so three true, years ago, true. Dalton Dalton's like on his way out, and we want to tank, and then we get the number one pick. We won two games that year. Last year was fun, and then Burrow suffered what I describe as like a family member in a car crash. I I lost. I didn't eat for a day. That's, <laughs> that's dramatic, but and then and then. Uh, you know, this year it was all the injury and Jamar Chase stuff. And, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always going to be with them. And I think I'm usually self-aware with expectations. And there, I made the Chris I, – I was confident we could win six to seven games. I think the over on the Bengals was five and a half for wins. Yeah, it was. And I thought that was – I thought that was an easy bet. But I, I didn't expect them to be this competitive this early. Um, and for the offense, the offense is, is clicking, but it's not even at full force yet. So that's what's fun about this. I agree, man. It's it'll be it'll be a wild ride to see. And uh, speaking of wild rides, I think we're we gotta talk. I mean, fantasy our fantasy league now. I thought we were kind of it was a little cagey the first few weeks. I feel like we were kind of just feeling things out. People were kind of we'll get to Bill and all his nonsense. But for the most part, I feel like 
folks were kind of just a little bit, you know, reserved. And I now think that we're, we're really starting to get into uh, the thicket of it here. And, you know, I, it's, it's been great. And it's, it's fun to watch. And, you know, I know I, I got to address it. I'm also feeling great because I just got my first win. I'm not going to pull any yes. in. Um, I was ner- I'm going to be honest, like each loss, it was always creeping in the back of my mind and it does feel great. And that's why I named my team Matt Prater. You know, he, he did a lot. Yep. He really released me of a lot of mental anguish going on. So shout out to you, Matt. 15 points, baby. <laughs> well, I'm glad you, you named your team after a kicker because that's just nonsense. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. I've never been – I think I started 0-3 one last year or something like that. So I know I know that that starts to build and build and build. And uh, there's, a, there's a little bit of peace knowing your team may not be competitive every week versus like Chris, you guys touch on Chris, who's putting up numbers and losing. So there's that. But yeah, congrats on your first win. It's uh, I think you broke a hundred. I did. Which, uh, which you know that I think that was a new one. And you are no longer last in points scored. I mean, that's the big one for me, honestly. That's, that's yeah. I wasn't even tracking that because I just thought I had such a bad first few weeks. I was like, I'm sure I'm at the bottom, but I got Ian Imhoff by 17 points. So here I come, baby. Yep, I'm looking- <laughs> And uh, you're sniffing at Ian Kyle right now too. There's really those are the true bottom three. Ian Kyle's at five ninety. You're at five sixty seven. Ian Imhoff's at five fifty. And then Spears is at six forty. So there's that clear cutoff to the yeah. bottom three points there. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm happy for you. A first win is that's something to definitely to be celebrated. Yeah, it it feels great. And you know, I what's what's funny, Gertz, is you know. We, it could have been pretty close to you. I mean, you're sitting at 500 right now, but man, oh, two and four, you're, you got a solid team. And I know that Monday nighter, wow, what a game that turned out. I mean, I, oh that must have been, whew, staring at two and four is not a great feeling, you know? No, it's not. And, and two and four versus three and three is just, you could move mountains with the difference Yes, yes. Tom texts, dude, Tom texts me at noon on Monday, just a friendly, like, I hate that I have a chance. Like, being self-aware and knowing and i'm like you don't have a chance you need 16 from a kicker and of course the first drive like three minutes in the game 40 yard kick (laughs) and i'm like i'm like that's fine as long as there's no 50 yarders first first drive of the second half 53 yard right down the middle tom's kicker and tom messaged like one more and his kicker had 13 points with like the whole second half left i deleted the group me after he said one more because <laughs> I, I deleted it off my phone because i don't i know my triggers and two and four to tom on monday night and the kicker doing it was <laughs> those are all the red flags are ringing so i deleted it off my phone um and then i reinstalled it once it was safe to reinstall and i wouldn't jeopardize my my standing in the group so <laughs> I just if that's some solace to you you scared me so much i did remove the app which that's a classic move for me now. I, I, I've done that. I do that every year. So uh, it took till week six this year. But, yeah, it was, a, it was a tough one. If anyone was watching, some people were watching, but it's late night. It was um, the Bills were driving. It was fourth and one from the four-yard line. And it three a three-point game. They kicked this field goal with 20 seconds left. They go to overtime. The, Tom, went, Tom beats me in fantasy with that kick. They go for it on fourth and one. Josh Allen slips and gets an inch. They turn the ball over. The game ends, and I win. And I was elated. I was. It was like eleven thirty 
Central Time. Maeve's like passed out next to me, and I'm like elated. <laughs> I couldn't sleep. It was such a such a roller coaster. It's it's interesting. I do think I, I do want to get your take before we move on to the some more fantasy stuff. All the go, going for it on fourth down, yay or nay? You good for it? You think it's fun? Yeah, you have, yeah, it's fine. I love it. it I do too. It's 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 so much more drama. It's like win or lose. That that's what it was. Like it's win or lose that after that play. Win or you lose, and you have Josh Allen. The dude is like six six two fifty five. And you need a you need less than a yard. You need a foot and a half. They made that. That's the right call. I agree. It just, it just didn't work out. I agree. I think it's. I was thinking the same thing. I I didn't watch it but live, but I feel like fourth and one it, in that situation, it, you you yeah you got to take your shot there. But hey, congrats to you on that. I mean. It, it got it has to be said the karma gods to deliver both Gertz boys a loss via kicker would have been <laughs> I mean <laughs> really really brutal. Hey, no car- karma gods look for bad people to punish. I didn't do anything. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but you know it's got to be said. Like you said, you said it really well. Two and four, three and three, an enormous difference there. How are you feeling about your team? Your team scores. You have some folks. The Ertz thing is huge for you. Kind of, kind of walk us through how you're feeling right now. Yeah, um, we started off. We started off really hot, and then we got banged up. So I'm points four. I'm like, I'm thinking I'm like fifth. I'm I'm very average, uh, closer to the top half than the bottom half, which is good. But I was feeling fantastic, and then we got banged up, and now we're healthy again. So we're 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 trending back in the right direction. Mixon's 100 percent good to go. Dalvin's 100% good to go. Um, and Chase Edmonds' shoulder, he, he's been practicing again. So we get we get Kadarius Tony and Kittle going a little bit here with their injuries. Um, I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling like I have a strong team with, with some nice depth at the running back position, which is always important because I have Mixon, Cook, and Edmonds. Those are three pieces you can play pretty much every week. Yep. Um, and then Alex, Alex Collins is kind of jogging around back there a little bit too. So... I feel good about my depth at running back, which I think is really important. Um, and and the product Jalen Hurts puts on the NFL field isn't always sexy, but I'll tell you what, with five minutes left in the fourth quarter, he's good for like 12 to 15 fantasy points every week. It's it's amazing watching him. Um, he is He's like my um, Walmart off Great Valley version of Lamar. That's what I compare Jalen to. Fair. He's not as good, but he, he has a very safe floor, um, and he can definitely pop. But he is, I think, the quarterback four, and has never scored below twenty-two points in a week. He's, he's, he's been wonderful for my fantasy team. He has been wonderful. I mean, and it's it's really unique with guys like I, I kind of had an ex- like Jalen Hurts is a different flavor of this, but Matt Ryan, circa like twenty nineteen, very similar. Jalen Hurts, like like first half, you're just like this mother effer, this sucks. <laughs> and then like you know, the fourth quarter rolls around, the game's out of reach, and guess who's getting the checkdowns and the run in at the? Yeah. Uh, it's great. And then next thing you know, it's like they go from eleven to twenty three in a t- couple drives, and you're like, okay, great, <laughs> it's all gravy here, you know. Dude, against the Panthers, he had four points with like nine minutes left in the fourth quarter, and he finished with twenty three. And he came back. He let it come back to win that game, but he has he had two rushing touchdowns, and he's the only thing that will kill me is if like Philly gets tired of watching him just not throwing the football well, and they they bring in like Gardner Minshew, but he's. He's been fun, and um, Zach Ertz is like a fun new little lottery ticket. Like, he is. He, 
if he can produce what Max Williams was producing, that's a that's a tight end every week, and I can figure out the George Kittle piece, so that's fun. Yeah, it, you know, it was a it was a good move. I mean, it, folks have kind of been calling it for a while now, and um, so I, you know, I, I'm glad. I mean, you know, I I everything the Eagles just kind of were in that kind of weird place where you know they had two really good tight ends I feel like a better coach team instead of like getting rid of an asset would probably just develop like a really innovative offense around their best like their more explosive offensive players but it seemed like the situation between Ertz and Goddard was kind of untenable they wanted to just do a one tight end thing so yeah I mean Ertz I think has a you know, and you get to watch more Kyler, which is great. You know, now you get to have yeah. a little stake in the Kyler thing, which is fun. Um, well, I already had that kind of. Oh yeah, Chase. I've been watching true. a lot of Cardinals, um, but yeah, it's fun. We got to get Russell Wilson's finger fixed for Tyler Lockett to produce again. And um, oh yeah, someone can someone just tell me to drop Trey Lance because I got that one wrong. <laughs> that, that's been wrong, and I just can't let him go. He's my prince, so I get um, it, man. It's uh, I had this, I had a similar feeling with Ayuk. It hurt me so much to drop him. <laughs> like, there's just certain guy. Like, I probably should have dropped Ayuk three weeks ago. But there's just certain like guys you have this irrational attachment to, and yeah. like I like I would like bring up his like profile, and I would hover over the drop button, and I would I would literally mutter to myself, "Not this week, <laughs> not this week." <laughs> exciting asset is that is Kadarius Tony yes so I'll defend myself Chris is like my brother keeps poaching my moves we're in this group chat like Chris that's just not true it's just a that's a bold-faced lie I don't, <laughs> need, I don't need Chris to be my my fantasy football savior um Kadarius Tony blew up he dropped him for who cares who and I saw him and I picked him up and he's my little he's my little shot out of a cannon second half guy if he gets healthy and they keep and he keeps being explosive. He's my, he's definitely my lotto ticket. So I'm excited about him. Yeah. He's, he's a really fun player to watch. If people, he's very Tyree Kill esque. Super um, explosive. Very fun to watch. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, yeah, Tyree Kill esque. Like there's just certain guys on the field that, that explosion game. Um, they just move different on the field. And I was really surprised by how electric, because I feel like those, because Tony was from, was he from Florida too? Do you remember? Yep. yep, for yep. SEC guy. Yep. So I always feel like those. I feel like every year there's always guys like Kadarius Tony, these like gadget players who like in college just blow the lid off. And it's like I almost the majority of those guys I feel like don't ever really translate because the NFL is so it's just it's just a faster, more challenging you know uh, league. And but you know when you watch Tony, it's like okay, it, it's gonna translate. You know, it, it was evident immediately when he gets going. So he'll be an interesting guy, regardless of how he does this year. It will, it will be determined. But another guy next year too, who who will be an interesting, uh, an interesting asset. You know. Yeah. So, I mean, I play Ian Kyle this week without Herbert Jefferson and Eckler. So thanks for, to the scheduling gods for that. Oh, that's um, great. I'm hoping that means I can pull out a win. And then I got you, little man, next week. I looked ahead. Oh wow. And, and you are without Lamar Jackson. So oh, that could boy. be a fun little wrinkle for me too. Um, so we'll see. You know, we'll see. We just gotta we gotta we gotta stay healthy, which is the name of the game. It is. But yeah, you got a strong team, definitely in the hunt this year. 
Another guy that pains me to say that he's in the hunt, but it's got to be, we, we got to bring him up. I know he, he, he always listens. I'm sure he's smiling right now, but Bill has been on one pretty much from the jump. And my God, I mean, it, being just being a part of this wide, I, I don't know what crawled into Bill's ass this year, but this man has been just on another level since the year started, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I I was watching Thursday Night Football with Dan a couple of weeks ago. I think it was the Tampa Bay Eagles game. And I got to Bill I got to Dan's house. I'm like, do you understand what Bill is saying in the group right now? Like just like a I didn't say like Bill's an idiot, Bill's like on one. I just said, Do you comprehend it? Can you understand what he's <laughs> the point he's trying to make? And Dan was like mind blown as well. Like it's like he's speaking a different language at times when He'll, like, send a screenshot of an ad drop from September. He goes, got that one. And he'll say, like, or he'll just put an emoji with it. And it was, like, the Herbert kid you dropped. Someone dropped in, like, September. And the only reason Herbert's relevant is because two injuries have happened. I I don't understand (laughs) what he's trying to prove. Yeah. It's been a really – it's it's. What's even more interesting is it's been a lot of bluster and it, I, like it, so you have to I am no longer my team we're all about moral victories this year on on the on the Matt Prater squad we're all about can we break a hundred you know we're 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 just doing we're handing out participation trophies this year and so I haven't really been paying too much attention to win loss record I just assumed by Bills like at behavior that he was like five and one so you can imagine my surprise when i'm playing bill this week and i see wait if i beat bill i'm only one game behind him you're three and three like what <laughs> i it's like i i was really just surprised by his just his overall like aggro behavior when his team is like fine like i i really really just a lot of like tom Fez energy around like just really being happy with mediocrity for me for him yeah <laughs> i think i think bill's tired of people coming out his at his uh chest here with the last couple years of performance and he's a two-time champ and um he views the fantasy world from a very unique lens that's um, true and it's and it's it's just it comes out in very strange ways in the group me and and um i called him i think he's like the Kyrie irving elon musk like he views the world in a one-of-one lens, and to him, he's <laughs> this higher, higher-knowing, all-powerful, like fancy genius. Yeah. And all Bill, all Bill does, I'll give him credit, is pick tight ends who perform. <laughs> he <laughs> does do. He's done a wonderful job. Like he's got Robert Tonian in there this week, uh, which is his third tight end he has rostered, by the way. <laughs> um, and I wouldn't be shocked if Tonian goes like eight for ninety and two because like, Bill's tight ends between Gronk and Dawson Knox have been performing. So yeah, it, it's so, yeah, but, yeah, it's so funny you bring up the Elon Kyrie thing. Cause the thing about bill that's so unique is like, he, he kind of, so you've read the Steve jobs, uh, biography yeah. and like with guys like bill and obviously like these are like industry changers, but it's the same idea where bill is either really, really right or really, really wrong. Like when you, when you, his, when you have that lens, it's like, you're you're it's big swings all the time i i do respect the strategy i and i just think it's 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 just i'm thrilled that he's in the league stirring shit up um 
Oh, of course. But yeah, it's been a truly... I think you're right. I think Bill, you know, he's had he's been really bad the past two years, and I think now he's like he's he's really trying to put the league on on notice here, you know. Yeah, and what I think in the book it was this wasn't like the author making up the term like Steve Jobs. It's like his reality distortion perception. There was like a term reality distortion field. Yeah, and that was his term to create the perspective. That he wants, he he creates his own perspective and then forces things into that perspective. Yes, and that was part of his genius and his demise was the whole narrative around Steve Jobs, and Bill is like, yeah, Bill sinks or swims with how he views things. And um, if I'm Bill looking at my team, he has just a, a plethora of wide receivers. He never gets the right start. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Never gets them right, like ever, ever. He'll he'll like text the group like. My boys heard you, and both his boys are on the bench. <laughs> like, like, and, and he needs running back depth. So he has Chuba or McCaffrey. That's one stud. That's great. Khalil Herbert may be okay this week if both running backs for the Bears miss besides him. But then he is out of options at running back. He has no one else. He has Devonta Freeman. And he has Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell, when Jeff Wilson comes back in week 9, 10-ish, may not be as sexy. So he has a very real need at running back, at running back and he should probably look into flipping uh, one of his charger receivers or like even Deontay Johnson. He's got a lot of good ones. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Bill is like, and this is like where I think Bill usually does struggle quite a bit is like, I've always, I always felt like Bill isn't like, you're exactly right. Like when you look at his wide receiver, Allen, Johnson, Mike Williams, and then already Chase and Waddle. I mean, you package any two of those guys, you could get an asset back, you know? Absolutely. And he, like, a a skilled owner needs to pull that off because it's just, you will never be able, and the thing is, like, when you have all that talent, it's, and you will never get it right. It, in like, it would, it's almost infuriating because if I was Bill with his wide receivers now, I would literally just put the names in a hat and just draw two, and that's where I start. <laughs> if you try and apply any logic, it just won't work. You just, it's a, like, it's a total, it'll just drive you to madness. Especially, especially with the Keenan Allen, Mike Williams thing. Yes. Pick what you think is your source of truth. If you think Keenan's been underperforming, hold on to him and sell high on Mike Williams, and you can't get that wrong. If you think Mike Williams will continue at this, sell Keenan Allen for the name and the upside of him underperform. Like you can buy into one of those two narratives and flip. Those are both two very good assets and get a running back two and some depth. So that's just, that's just my thought on it. He has a, a, you know, a nice set of choices there. It's a good problem to have, but you're right. It's going to, he's going to continue to get it wrong. Um, and it's going to continue to frustrate him. Yeah. And the thing is too, is and, and, and like, it's a good example. And this is just like a little trading advice. Like, Bill's been really harping me for Najee, right? And, like, in my mind, it's like, if I was in Bill's situation, I would never come at a guy like me for Najee because Najee is, like, my only... Like, you're not going to get an RB1 with those wide receivers. You have to have, like, an understanding of, like, what your assets are and what you're giving up. Like, spending all this time, like, trying to figure out a way to get those wide receivers onto my team so you can get Najee, it's, it's just not going to work. It's just you're, you're spinning your wheels. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I, I, it's, it'll be it'll – be I'm very I'm curious to see, like, what Bill can package up for those wide receivers and what he gets back because, like, there's a trade to be made where Bill could really become a pretty scary team if he, if he can just figure it out, you know? 
he has to get it right because I think his team is not looking good for a second half run just because of what I said about his running backs. Like he right. will get CMC back, but he loses Herbert, and then he Elijah Mitchell is far less upside. So now he is struggling for an RB two every single week. Yeah. Every single week, he's struggling to fill in that RB2 spot. Yeah, I completely agree. So, yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Also, we can talk about it a little bit. Bill did make a nice little trade, I thought, this week with the Chris Carson, the defense thing. Um, kind of makes sense for both sides. We can. I know we'll talk a little bit more about Joe later, but um, it was a nice little, little trade there, I thought. It kind of benefits both parties. I know you and I probably are more on the side that Carson probably isn't going to play, but what's a lottery ticket— for a defense, you know. Yeah, exactly. You can you can see it making sense from both sides. It's it's literally a lottery ticket. If Carson is a running back with a neck in, a neck injury that Seattle can't seem to understand, and that's as many red flags as you can possibly have for a yes. running back. They they said he's out for a week, and then they monitored him the next week and put him on IR. That's not that's not good. And he's had this nagging neck injury, and it's popped up before. And they obviously haven't fixed it in the past, and now it seems to be perceived as a more significant problem. So not good for Chris Carson. I've read in – I have Alex Collins, so I've just kind of kept tabs on the Chris Carson news, and it's not super positive. So, But if he can come back, Joe's got a nice – like he, he is a true RB2. Yeah. Every single week, plug, plug him in. So it's a defense, throw him in there. Um and the Tampa Bay defense is so banged up. Like, I don't really understand it that much from Bill on just on terms of that defense because they're out four starters in their secondary already. And their pass rush is elite. But because it's so one-sided, like, because you know their pass rush is so good, you do a lot of underneath stuff and quick releases, and you don't really – they don't really, like, um, plan to think of the secondary as a threat. So – it's not like an opportunistic defense where you can get pick sixes and 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 a bunch of strip sacks like the Steelers um, defense. Yeah, I think the big thing though, I think Bill is more just like he just actually needed someone to trade him a D. De- he just didn't want to drop anyone, so he's like, "Fuck it," you know, like I like I don't want to drop anyone, yeah. so I just need to do this switch here. But yeah, I mean, it'll be it'll be an interesting. Yeah, the Bucks D is is you know Richard Sherman literally was like they became their de facto corner one and he, they, they just picked him up i mean it's rough there um another trade which I, i'm very curious to talk about because i know my immediate reaction so the tom trade i i know i i, I pipe i piped up on tom on the group me um you were initially i, I gotta say i read it I, I so to give folks a little bit of uh so i was against the trade immediately i think waller is great um I really didn't understand again. Tom always does this where it's like, Tom, did you have to throw in Damian Harris? I that's where it pisses me off. It's like you, I guarantee, could have made that trade without giving up Damian Harris, in my mind, you know? Um But it, it it's like I was against it almost immediately. You were for it, and now you're coming around. Kind of walk folks through your uh mental yeah, processing of that I trade. I probably am I probably am just it's weird I defended Tom and and I was probably wrong too um I don't know I don't really know why I initially liked the Tom side I thought that Damian Harris could have staying power if he performs because CEH has been 
or not Damian Harris, sorry. Um, Darrell Williams. Darrell Williams, I think. Yep. Has staying power because CH has a fumbling problem and has been just wonderfully average. Um, but it, so I thought maybe he could take that backfield over. But Damian, I didn't know. I thought Damian Harris was also banged up, but he's healthy and he's kind of like their running running back because the Patriots always split up that. So. Um, you know, I just have flip-flopped a lot. It's, Darren Waller has the name, and he's an elite asset, so I get why people are like, Tom, how did you give that up? I just don't really understand why he's trying to make changes. You're 4-2. You've been kind of lucky with some wins, um, and Spears is 4-2. I just I don't really get the need to make the trade if you're Tom. So that's, probably, that's why I came back to the other side. I'm like, why are you giving away what you know is probably an underperforming elite asset in Waller? And getting an overperforming average asset in Schultz and a temporary one in the running back in Kansas City. So I came back around to it. I talked to my, I talked through it with myself. Yeah, I, and again, I again, I think that top, like the big thing. If I think if you had just done a Waller for Schultz and Williams, like I still don't love that trade, but I can at least understand it. It's like okay, like I'm I'm getting the RB depth. You know, like I, maybe Waller isn't great, you know, and it's like, you know, maybe I've been watching stuff and like, I actually think, you know, they, the Gruden thing, maybe, maybe the Raiders I'm down on. So I can at least understand that, but it's like, I, I really feel like Spears makes that trade regardless. So it's like the Harris piece. It's like, yeah, who knows if he ends up being good or not, but you know, it's still the Patriots. They they're they're treating Matt Gajones like a, a a kitty quarterback. Like they don't let him throw. They do a lot of like they're they're gonna want to run the ball. It's like I know it's the Patriots backfield, but also I think Damian Harris is a good runner. He's from Alabama. He's got the pedigree. I just like to just give that away. It's like, ugh, man. That's that's where the trade is. Like that's the part of the trade I really disliked in my mind. You know? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I I just. I came around to the other side of it where I think Spears probably won it, but um, time will tell. A lot of Tom's trades we perceive to be really bad, and then they're kind of a coin flip. Tom is also starting Joe Burrow this week, which I love to see. Love Um, that. uh, Risky move at Baltimore, just to be honest, because division games are weird. But um, um, Also, Tom deserved to lose last week, and his kicker is bullshit because he started Daniel Jones over Trevor Lawrence. And that was a bad move, and it lost him the week. I, I just got reminded of that. <laughs> Great. Um, that's why that's why kickers are dumb because Tom deserved to lose because his last minute pivot to Daniel Jones. That's rough. I, the Daniel Jones. I mean, Daniel Jones is like buying a D card, man. I mean, that is just like you're you're on a ride there. Also, I also I was playing the defense. Daniel Jones was throwing all the interceptions too, so it was four points every time he threw a pick. Oh. It was so fun to watch. That's great. It was, it, it was so funny. <laughs> Oh man, uh, Daniel Jones. What a, what a character he is. Well, you know, it, 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 I'm glad that you know we were able to dissect that. One guy that I don't think is is too happy right now with his with the season so far is Ian Imhoff. Um, seems to be kind of on full tilt in the group me. His last group me message was just the bitterness was just astounding. He go, he goes. <laughs> I could not uh, – let's see now. Oh, boy. Fantasy football is dumb. All this work just to see Chris Carson traded for a defense. Why even spend time understanding this game when this shit comes through? 
I mean, that is a man who's been beaten down by fantasy. Just, I, I read that message and I thought, I've been there. I know that pain. I, you, tweet through it, man. Tweet through it. We've all been in that chair plenty of times. I, yeah, I, I have. I've seen the same grumpiness from Imhoff and, and heard it anecdotally from other people too. And talking trades or just trying to talk to him. Um, he's also been quiet on the on the pod content too. So that's that's, that's you know read the tea leads there. But um, I th- I don't. I think he's really. I think he's really soured on himself for the Daryl Henderson to Amari Cooper trade. I think that's what. I think that's kind of ah. driven him into the grave a little bit because Daryl Henderson looks to be just the absolute stud in, in the Rams, and Amari is disinterested at times in the Cowboys' offense. So I think that's that's where a lot of the hate's coming from. Um, another Saquon ankle injury doesn't make you feel good either. That's so a great I, point. I, I, I can see it. I can see it. Yeah, I starting mean, Mike Davis and Michael Carter. Those are your running backs this week. That's that doesn't. That's not fun to play. <laughs> that's true i mean my opinion is like you just you it's it, the only way to have a healthy relationship with fantasy is you have to just kind of give in to the madness and just let it like soak over you and just still kind of like find meaning throughout it is my is my assessment of it i mean if you think i feel good about starting Le'Veon bell and rashad penny i mean that is that's a <laughs> dreadful dread, dreadful place and you just have to like you know you just make your assessment you pick your guys and you hope for the best you know like i i i really want to beat bill this week i can tell you that it would just i i'm you know this is I'm, this is our championship in my mind if i beat bill this year <laughs> this week I'll, I'll be we'll be thrilled <laughs> it's like the jaguars you know it's like the jaguars when they won last week and broke you know they were celebrating like they won the super bowl that's what we're doing this week well, don't forget you got Mark Ingram going out there as your flex too. So you got—I mean, Mark Ingram, Le'Veon Bell, and Rashad Penny—that just—it it, it tastes bad. It chills your soul. It really just chilling. It's chill. Yeah. A projected total—a projected total of eighty-two points, and your second highest projected player is your kicker. Oh no, that's a lie. Sorry, but he's up there. I mean, Prater's our captain. There's a reason he's our captain. <laughs> Um, yeah, go, go beat him. Go beat Bill. Oh, we're trying our best. But yeah, Imhoff, Godspeed, man. This is a, the one thing, too, is we are, there's an extra week this week, this year, you know? So, like, you know, it's already really unpredictable. You add another week of injuries. I mean, who knows, man? This shit, this shit, your fortunes can change really quickly in this. And Godspeed Absolutely. to you. And, uh, Absolutely. so, you know, we saved this last topic here. Um, we, you and I disagree on this. The whole starting a full roster. I, uh, I this bill was in the was at the center of another controversy. Very, if he doesn't make that trade, most likely isn't starting a defense this week. Um, you were up in arms. I it obviously benefited me for Bill not to start a defense, but I also philosophically just am okay with it. But fundamentally, it comes down to. You know what is the what do we expect out of fantasy rosters week to week? So start off with you. What do you think about the not starting? I know I know how you feel about it, but what is your reasoning for yeah. not for must you must start a full roster each week? Yeah, I think that I think that fantasy football and why this is so fun at times for us. I say at times because it's also painful. Is True. that we're also invested and we're also competitive and we want to win. 
and I think it's like the spirit of competition with the also the historical stuff that we've been doing this for so long. So it, it builds and builds and builds. Um, and that's kind of the spirit of the league is you're trying to be the most competitive you can be every single week. And to me, so that competitiveness and wanting to win every week means at minimum you roster a full roster. That's what it means. You roster a full team. That's what it means to me. Cause I can hear like Imhoff and you in my ear on the other side saying competitiveness to you guys means I want to roster the best team that gives me the best chance to win a title and advance. Yes. And you could make your argument like me um, eating this, this non-start for a defense allows me to keep assets that will allow me to be competitive the rest of the year. But to me, it's the, it's the opposite of what we need for a, comp- a competitive league that's fun. And we have put measures into place to allow you to hold on to assets you want to hold on to and roster a full team. If you're telling me three years ago we could roster full teams and not have two IR spots? Like it, It's just we have two IR spots for this reason. Bill is rostering 900 tight ends. They're all <laughs> hurt. Like, drop one of your damn tight ends, pick up a defense that hopefully won't get you negative, and play the game. That's, that is my – those are my two big points is we have IR put spots for you to hold on to damaged goods and allow you to roster a team while holding on to long-term value resources. So that's, that's really where I stand, and I'm, and I'm very, very strongly – in that camp obviously by my my group me i think chris said it best the tantrum was a great way to describe it because <laughs> it came out it came out of nowhere and it was explosive so i'll i'll own that but i feel very strongly about it obviously yeah it's and i think you're the most compelling point there and one that i've been thinking about when you said it is it, it it's almost like i almost feel like it, it just adds another level of like when you don't put in the stipulation of you must start a full roster, like, it removes a level of critical thinking you have to do, right? Because in my mind, it's like, if we had, like, instituted a rule where it's like, you must start a full team, now you have to, like, weigh the pros and cons of, like, okay, what's this asset worth to me? Like, it's going to be worth more later. Like, it adds another level of strategy to have to, like, always roster a full team, you know? So I... And and I think you bring... the And... You bring up a great point around having two IRs. I mean, the two IR thing, that's worth another segment on our pod. But when you have essentially eight roster spots available to you, it does seem a little bit ridiculous that you are not going to start a full team. I completely agree. I, I, yeah, yeah, yep. Yep. I I think that the reason I was, I'm okay, is like, and you said it best, like, you're trying, you know, you are trying to win a title that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to win, like feel, like start the best team every week. Like, so, you know, if I was in Bill's shoes, you know, I, like, I more just disagree. Like, if I had Ronald Jones on my bench and I wasn't starting a defense, I would drop Ronald Jones and go get a defense. You know, like, that was, like, there, there are certain things, there are certain assets that I think he was putting more value on that, but, like, if you think those guys are worth it, I could see his point. I guess it is something we probably are going to have to, like, set a rule on i think because i do you know i don't fault bill for doing what he did like i totally you know if i was in bill's shoes and i thought those assets were worth something like i also especially honestly too if you're playing me a guy who's projected for 83 points it's like 
motherfucker, I'm not going to drop an asset to beat yeah, this guy. I'd probably beat anyone. There's, there's, there's context. It's like a perfect storm of yes. there's seven teams on by. He has a lot of those players. He's playing a team that is begging for 100 points a week, and his team is generally scoring over 100. So why hurt my long-term yes. chances trying to beat the bottom bottom third of the league? I, I get it all, but yeah, I, I understand the, the context is always important, but um, you have three tight ends, no defense, and you're, <laughs> Devontae, Devontae Freeman is all of a sudden a can't-drop asset, again, because of context between you picking Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman. Uh, it's, it is, it just, it's against what I believe in and w- what we should roster uh, it- full team. It is a perfect storm. I mean, literally, like, for all of the the things to fall into place that, like, you know, he also had injuries, and then the Devonta Freeman, who he doesn't want to give up because he knows I would pick him up, and he's right, I probably would pick up Devonta. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's wild. It's just a wild, wild storm. I'm sure, you know, we'll discuss it civilly at our next rules meeting, and we'll come to a, a really strong consensus. Everyone will feel great about it. No feelings will be hurt. And uh, it'll just be great. Uh, and this, you know, God bless this league. Just, just like how we decided keepers. No one was upset about that. <laughs> the keepers. No, no, no spite. No spite votes to make a final decision. <laughs> weird, right? <laughs> like, I gotta I'm say, sure we won't have that. The keeper vote, I think, is gonna go down. It'll enter the history. Like if we were doing an oral history of our league. The keeper vote of 2021 is is a big moment in that oral history. What a moment! The yeah. whole don't forget Ian Imhoff got confused between yes and no to create the shitstorm. <laughs> oh, Spears just verbally assaulting Tom for 30 minutes, and Tom saying, "Okay, keepers, we're done here," and just kind of like drops the microphone. Because Tom had already voted against keepers, wasn't he against? And then he. Ver- <laughs> Excited for next for August of 2022 and another amicable debate between very civilized people. Yeah, here. yeah, it was um, great. Do you remember what Spears chirped Tom about? I can't even remember. I'm sure Spears oh, does. Uh, no, I'm. Sh- I don't remember. No. God, it was so. <laughs> man, what a moment for this league. Well, man, I mean, I'm sure calling him like Spalding. Yeah. And <laughs> all, all the normal. Just the friendly jabs we're accustomed to. Um, yes. Well, great. Well, man, I mean, we've, we're really pushing it here. I know one last tidbit we get, we had to get off our chest here. We got to talk about who is our number, who has the best record in our re- league right now, who sits atop his throne, a, a former champ, a guy who, who's always a solid owner, Joe this year, who I know you have kind of been harboring some, some opinions on. Let's, let's air those out right now. <laughs> yeah. Joe is. Yeah, Joe's five and one. Great team name. Can you take me, Kyler? Great name. Yep, agreed. But he is he is bottom four in points. He's number four with six hundred and forty-one, which is just over. Is that a hundred and like five points a week, maybe? So yeah. he's averaging just barely more than the bot. He's the bottom four in points for, and he is five and one. So what does that tell me? As someone who who can understand numbers at a decent level, is he's just he's incredibly lucky already yep. this year um and i think he's i think he's just a bad he's made bad decisions um multiple times this year so a couple start sits or one start sit i noticed and then one trade so the first the start sit was he started miles sanders 
against Tampa and then is cursing the group me when Jalen Hurts is getting all the rushing work and touchdowns as if that hasn't happened the first five weeks of the season. Yeah. And as if Tampa is not the number one rushing defense. So, so that was, that was something that stuck out to me. And then he basically manufactured himself a loss against me in week three where he traded me Alexander Madison for Latavius Murray while he was playing me while Dalvin Cook wasn't practicing with a bum ankle. So then I got this sub out Dalvin Cook, plug in Madison who went for 23 and Latavius sat on his bench and I won that matchup where I would have lost. So um, manufacturing, that was his one loss of the year. So wow. in theory, Joe could be, Joe could be six and L um, with his, with his below average points for. So um that's that's really just what I wanted to call out. There's there's uh, a couple of moves there. I think he's, I think it'll over time will show that he's not going to be competitive at the end of this thing. Yeah, I mean it'll be an interesting. I mean the Miles Sanders thing is rough. It, it's it's just yeah. I mean you're you're Sarah front and center. I I haven't been high on Miles Sanders from the jump, but you know I, another guy and this is more of just you know I watch a lot of Ravens because of Lamar. Marquise Brown might be the most infuriating player in the NFL. I mean, that guy is so fast, but he can't catch the ball. He's like, I mean, it's 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 remarkable that he is the best wide receiver in Baltimore. I mean, that guy, yeah. it's like, it's. It, it, I mean, Kyler, and Lamar throws great balls. And, I mean, what's even crazier is Marquise Brown is the 17th, let me see here. He is the 12, no, he's the 6th, my gosh. Wide receiver 6, yeah. Wide receiver six. I mean, he could be two or three if he catches. He's dropped multiple touchdowns, and I mean that guy. Yeah. I mean Joe. Joe. It'll be interesting to see like how Joe kind of handles the Marquise Brown, and you know DK's probably at a loss. He had a great pickup with Dearness though this week. Wow. Sure. You know? Yeah, I was in the group meet with my brother there, and or group chat with my brother, and he was tilting about. He was not super mad that Dearness went off. Because um, he wasn't going to start him, he would have been angrier that he didn't flip him for an asset uh, before he went off. But um, that's also me just defending my brother too with Joe. Like Joe, Chris is has six hundred eighty one points scored, and Joe, which is forty more than Joe exactly. And Chris has uh, one and five, one one win. It's and tough. It's just it's sometimes fantasy deals. You just get dealt a, a really really shitty deck. So. It happens, man. It's. It's a fickle bitch, but we love it. We love it still, no matter what it does to us. Um, oh yeah. But man, wow, that's that's a that's a seventy five minuter with no. With, <laughs> it has been. Uh, I mean, what a what a pod. Like I said, I, I was coming in with a lot of energy here. Is there any other last thoughts you want to get off your chest before we wrap this puppy up? No, that we've gone long enough, man. It's been it's been fun ch- chopping it up with you. And- I hope that I hope that you beat Bill, and I hope the Bengals perform well this Sunday, and everybody stay healthy. Amen, brother. Everyone stay healthy. It was great that we could do this, and uh, we'll we'll chat soon, my man. All right, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Yep. Take it easy. <laughs>